I'm uh, station manager Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Jane, you ignorant slut. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. 3-605.10.20.22.24.26.50.70.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.
80 to 85, probably 80 to 90% of the movies in this movie have been represented on Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's sort of a warm, fuzzy feeling after watching that show for all those years, because I've seen this before. And by the way, another shout out. I need to shout out to uh, Amanda Stevens, because she is the one, she helped support this podcast, and she was the reason I was able to buy this VHS tape. This is not available on DVD or Blu-ray. It's only available on VHS. And uh, with her generous contribution, I was able to purchase a VHS copy uh, from eBay. So, Amanda, thank you very much for keeping uh, the podcast going. We're not going to concentrate on the movies that they're riffing on. I'm mainly, I, I may say a little things about it, but we're just mainly going to concentrate on the host segments. First segment, Gilda Radner, Gorillas. I'm probably going to have to do a lot of editing in this because that was way too wordy for what I needed to say. Radio comes on. This big gorilla has escaped. And I was a bit disappointed. The radio came on and it wasn't Dan Aykroyd's voice. I was expecting it to be Dan Aykroyd's voice because Dan Aykroyd does the old, the news reporter, the newscaster voice very, very well. I thought it would have been nice if his uh, voice was on the radio, but it wasn't his voice. This voice tells Gilda Radner of all the stuff that is going on with the gorilla. He's escaped. He's killed people. He's broken his bonds. This is a very nice scene. There is no dialogue. This shows what a great physical comedian Gilda Radner was. There's no dialogue in this, but she is, she's hyping up how scared she is that this gorilla is on the loose and may be after her. And you see her barricading up her house. You see her taking all the precautions that the uh, newscaster is telling her to take in real time. And I would put Gilda Radner right up there. I, Lucille Ball as a, as a physical as a physical female comedian, she was right up there with that. It was just, it was a very, very funny scene with no dialogue, and it was all conveyed through Gilda Radner's uh, facial expression, through her eyes, and through her actions. It, this makes you miss her even more when you see something like that, how, how, how graceful and how funny she was without saying a word. Then we go to the gorilla clips, and here's where it's weird in the point the, the voiceover that Gilda does, and for most of the part, most of them do in this movie, it's very, very sparse. It's not constant riffing over the movie clips. It's just one, it's very shocking. It's just one voiceover in the middle, and then it stops, and then there's another one. They're, the voiceovers are very, very scattered in this movie. They're very, very sparse. It's just weird watching because you get engrossed in the in the movie clips, and all of a sudden this this voice or, or comes out of nowhere, says three words, and then disappears for another couple minutes. I don't know what to make of that. It, it, so that's really not mystery science theater material right there, where they're riffing it every single moment of the movie. But you could see the beginning of it in this movie. Then we go to Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd, he's doing a segment on aliens, and he's playing this uh, reporter, Dan Diamond, and it is the exact opposite of Gilda Radner's segment, where Gilda Radner did all of her comedy through action. In this one, it's all dialogue uh, through, uh, through Dan Aykroyd. He's once again doing the reporter voice, which I thought he could have done on the radio in the gorilla segment. Classic Dan Aykroyd. It's what he does. Dan Aykroyd in this movie shows the most range in his host segments. I'll get to that later. But in this one, he's just a casual reporter. Bombs are going off, uh, uh, you know, all around him. It doesn't phase him. 
He's just taking it like it's every day an occurrence, which I guess they're trying to convey that. Then we go to clips of the movies. Uh, the voiceover clips in this are a little more than they were with Gilda's segment. You get a little more. However, it's still they're still sparse and they're still in between. I will say from Gilda and Dan Aykroyd, it didn't sound like they were putting their best into these voiceovers. It was like Harrison Ford doing the voiceover for Blade Runner. He half-assed it because he didn't want to do it. It sounds like uh, Gilda and Dan were half-assing this because they didn't want to do it. We see all these alien movies. Now, I will say the movie, 80% of the movies are bad B movies that have ended up on Mystery Science Theater or a bunch of uh, internet shows where they review bad movies. But there are some good movies in here as well, such as in the Alien segment, we see War of the Worlds, the original War of the Worlds. And a clip we hear, get out of here, Dr. Forrester. And you know what we're going on? That's right, a tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. In the movie War of the Worlds, there is a character called Dr. Clayton Forrester, which is the same name that they used in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. We're back. Not much of a tangent, but a little tangent. Some, no, not all tangents are big tangents, but that was a little tangent, and I, I wanted to get that tangent out. Then we go to Cheech and Chong, and uh, they have uh, the, their segment. They walk in, and <laughs> you know, Cheech is all excited to see the movie, and Chong is just Chong, and he walks up to the, the candy counter and he starts ordering all this food, and. Cheech leaves him at the counter. He's like, I'll meet you inside. And he's ordering food after food after food. And, and you know that's because he's high. You know that's because he just smoked something before he came into the movie theater. So the classic munchie scene uh, from Cheech and Chong. And their segment are Giants and Little People. They're going back and forth between that and the first movie. Once again, they open up with a classic science fiction movie, The Incredible Shrinking Man. This movie is not all bad movies. They're showing you some good movies from that time as well. Competent, just to see good movies mixed in with the bad movies. I thought that was nice too. Uh, the movie did a good job of, uh, of throwing those in every once in a while. Cheech and Chong talk about you know the giants and the little people in this segment. Now the voiceover, once again, it's sparse. However, Cheech and Chong... Cheech and Chong sound like they're high while they're doing this, and they sound like they're having a good time doing this. They're not sounding like Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner. They sound like, you know what, This is we're just going to do this, we're just going to get high, we're just going to do these voiceovers. You can feel in their delivery that they don't give a crap, but they do give a crap. It's like, you know, we'll do this, we're just going to do this high, and we're just going to have a good time doing it. And that's how it came across, and... Uh, they sounded a lot better than Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner in their voiceovers. And now let's take a break with a word from one of our sponsors. Johnny, look at these grades. 
Wait till your father gets home. Not daddy. My lip is still hurting from the last time. That's what you get for bringing home D's. Hold on there, overbearing mom. Maybe it's not Johnny's fault. What kind of breakfast cola did you give him? Well, I give him brand X. Well, that's your problem. You need to be giving him Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola. Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola is America's number one breakfast cola. Here, Mom, look at all the artificial ingredients in your cola. <gasps> wow, I never knew. Now look at the ingredients in Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola. It is all natural, only sugar and cocaine. That's right, Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola is 50% sugar and 50% cocaine. Sugar to get Johnny up in the morning and cocaine to keep him going all through the day. After switching to Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola, not only did Johnny bring home all A's, he's out back painting our garage. Well, make sure he's using Dr. Carmichael's Lead White and Blue House Paint, also good for garages. Dr. Carmichael's Crazy Cranium Cola, the breakfast cola of champions. Dr. Carmichael, whose number one priority is family. And now back to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Then we go to John Candy. And John Candy, it's just a straight intro. We're doing Ed Wood. That's John Candy's segment. We're talking about Ed Wood in this segment. And John Candy just plays John Candy in this. Cheech and Chong are just being Cheech and Chong. I know they did a lot of characters on their on their albums, but for the most part in the movies, people just know Cheech and Chong as Cheech and Chong. But uh, Gilda Radner, John Candy, and Dan Aykroyd all came from sketch. They all came from Second City. Uh, Gilda and Dan came from Saturday Night Live. John came from SCTV. So they were all, those guys were known, were basically known for being multiple characters in their shows. And you can see that in Dan Aykroyd, and you can see that in Gilda Radner in this movie. But John Candy in this movie, basically, except for one scene, just plays John Candy in all of his host segments. Very, very casual. It's uh, it's a straight intro. It's like we're talking about Ed Wood. And in this section, we talk about Ed Wood. And this is more in the other sections before, even though it was sparse, the <clears throat> they were all making jokes at the expenses of the movie. In this segment with uh, Ed Wood, John Candy is basically just doing an audio commentary about stuff that happened in his movies while they're showing it on the screen. And they only concentrate on two movies, Plan 9 from Outer Space and Glen or Glenda, which are his two most famous movies. Maybe Bride of the Monster, which we see later, should have been in this segment, but it's not. So we concentrate on Ed Wood or Glen or Glenda. It's just exploring this movie. It's just John telling telling you how his movies are made and how incompetent they were and how incompetent he was. No joke. Well, I could, shouldn't say no jokes. It's just it's just more commentary like in this segment. And the 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 voiceover is much more prominent in this segment as it was in the previous segments when they were talking about of various movies. So they're just talking about Ed Wood's movies, these two movies basically on a whole. A lot more voiceover work from John Candy. At the end of his segment, Dan Aykroyd uh, comes up in, an, in, a, uh, in a motorcycle and he's wearing an Angora sweater and John Candy is wearing a, a, a skirt and high heels because Ed Wood was a cross-dresser. They talked about Glenn and Glenda. Uh, it was, it's, I always enjoy seeing 
old friends together who are funny. And Dan Aykroyd and John Candy were old friends. And John Candy gets into the motorcycle and they drive away. And it was just good to see them together. And they play well off of each other. They've always played well off of each other whenever I've seen them. Even, in, even if the material's not that good. Then we have a little, just a little old theater announcement where they say the happy the lug bug has bit you, but uh, you know they're basically saying, please don't make out in our theater. Public display of affection will not be tolerated. People today still don't like public displays of affection. It's been around for a long, long time. People kissing, gross. Next segment is Gilda Radner. She's talking about musicals. And her segment is filmed on top of a Paramount semi. So it's Paramount self-promoting themselves in their own movie because you see on the side of the truck, Paramount Pictures. So Paramount is promoting Paramount in a Paramount movie. The musical segment basically could have been called the racial uh, portion of the, of the movie. I know these movies were a product of their time, but some of them are really, really hard to watch here in 2019 because we see a clip of a bunch of white women playing Indians. Then we see a clip. Back then, it seems like the majority of black actors only got jobs as uh, natives when they were, they were playing natives. Uh, so it was this white woman singing in front of all these black and uh, black men uh, on a native on a native island. You know, that's that's just wrong. And then you think, well, they don't, they're not working much, but at least they get work. Yeah, at least they're getting work at that. Then we cut to an Al Jolson movie where they're playing angels and all of the angels are in blackface. There's men in blackface, there's women in blackface, there's children in blackface, and they're all singing, hi-ho! And once again, product of its time, it's really, really hard to watch nowadays. It, it's just cringeworthy uh, just it, through 2019 eyes. Hard, hard to watch. And the topper is, so they're doing this musical with all of these white people in blackface. The, one of the one actual black person in the movie he comes out of a watermelon and starts tap dancing. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yes, that was Hollywood at a time. Black people tap dancing out of watermelons. Then we get the classic, let's all go to the lobby. Hey, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a treat. That never grows old. That's going to be with us for the end of time. We cut to a sketch of John Candy playing a, 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 a theater owner. And this is the one time where John Candy is not playing John Candy. This is, he's playing sort of a sleazy, uh, a sleazy theater manager, uh, just spying on his patrons, telling them to throw out the men but leave the women. And this was, I really enjoyed this scene with John Candy. It just, it, 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 it just personified what a great character actor he was. Uh, he wasn't going over the top with it. He was just, he was playing this sleazy guy that you would believe actually exists in this movie theater back in the '80s when this was made. It was like this that could have been a real guy the way John Candy played it. He he didn't play it 
you know, super sleazy. He didn't play it over the top, but he was just like, it was just the right amount of sleaze to make your skin crawl, but think, ooh, this guy could exist. And then we cut to uh, the section of the movie where it's just previews. They show us previews of old movies. And one of the previews was Black Belt Jones uh, with uh, Jim Kelly from uh, Enter the Dragon. And the one thing this movie does miss is this is the only one of uh, black exploitation films of the 70s. This is the only example we get of this in the movie, Black Belt Jones, the trailer. I would have liked to see more, uh, you know, Dolomite or, or, or Coffee Brown. I would have liked to see a whole section on that uh, because those movies are fantastic. I love those movies. But one of the trailers in this movie was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And for some reason, I just didn't feel it fit because in this movie, as I've stated before, it's, it's unintentionally horrible movies and then really good movies that they're looking at. But Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a parody of a bad movie. They were intentionally trying to make it bad. They were intentionally trying to make it silly. So it doesn't really fit in the framework of this movie where they're showing movies that are trying and failing and showing movies that are trying and succeeding. This movie tried to be a parody of a bad movie and it succeeded in being a parody of a bad movie, but it doesn't really fit in the framework of this movie, in my opinion. Then we go to Dan Aykroyd and he's, his segment is Troubled Teenagers and he is doing a fantastic Bradford Crawford impression. If you don't know who Bradford Crawford is, look him up on the internet. He's an old, gruff guy from the 50s. And he, let me tell you something, you snot-nosed punk. Uh, I wipe my nose with punks like you. And that's exactly... And Dan Aykroyd, I've said this in my podcast before, he nails the impression. The, he shows a bunch of uh, teenage delinquent movies, and the majority of the teenage delinquent movies that he showed were women, were teenage girls uh, being teenage delinquent. It's weird. In the movies, in most of the movies that... We, I saw clips from, the teenage girls look like teenage girls, but the teenage boys look like middle-aged men, which is still happens today. We still can't get teenagers to play teenagers for some reason. So that's that, that started way back in the 50s of middle-aged people playing teenagers and trying to pass it off. One of the sketches, I don't know why it was in, I guess they were supposed to be teenagers getting married, but like I said, both of them looked like they were in their 30s. She had a mar- she had a baby out of wedlock, and he had VD. And um, <laughs> it's just the doctor comes in. The, there's no doctor privilege. You know, you, you have that doctor privilege where uh, you, the doctor's not supposed to tell your medical condition to anybody, but they walk in, and in front of uh, her husband-to-be, he says, you've had a baby. In front of his wife-to-be, he says, you've had VD. And... Uh, this is a minor tangent alert, so we're going to go on one of those right now. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. When I first started doing comedy, I was in a sketch troupe called Bosco's, and in that sketch troupe, we used this film clip as the basis of a sketch where I played the guy with the VD and my partner, she played the woman who had uh, a baby out of wedlock. Just a little uh, tangent alert about me, your host, Scott White. 
Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. And we're back. Tangent alerts aren't that long this time. And maybe not that interesting. But I'm throwing them in anyway because I like doing the tangent alerts. Then we cut to Cheech and Chong. They're in a scene. They're watching the movie. And all of a sudden, this guy sits down in front of Cheech with this huge afro. And Cheech can't see. And he does that thing that they do where they part the hair. We probably couldn't pull this off today. Uh, but back then, he like, like you're looking through the bushes. He parts the guy's afro. Um, <laughs> uh, I chuckled at it. But once again, we probably couldn't pull that off today. And now Cheech and Chong, they're doing their, um, their portion about uh, the animal kingdom when animals attack. It starts with the beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which is a, 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 a sci-fi classic. And uh, they start off with that. But then it goes to other B-movies through there. Cheech and Chong, once again, are enjoying doing their voiceovers. They're the only ones that sound like it. Not much to this one. This is a very, very short segment. Then we go to uh, John Candy with uh, Technical Triumphs. They're talking about... Uh, how uh, filmmakers with no budget got away with things. And once again, he's playing... And John Candy, except for playing that movie theater owner, John Candy is just doing John Candy. And John Candy's just being casual John Candy. And uh, I could see why people adored him. Because just being John Candy, you're, you're just comfortable listening to him. You're comfortable watching him. You just, you just like the guy. You automatically like the guy. One of the movies in this was Bride of the Monster, which is a Ed Wood movie, which I would have preferred to see in the Ed Wood section of the movie. And another one, it's called Missile to the Moon. And we're going on a what? That's right. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. In Missile to the Moon, we see these rock monsters come to life and attack these people. Now, the original idea of Star Trek V, William Shatner wrote that he was on a planet where rock monsters came alive. Well, he didn't have the budget to do that, so the rock monsters were eventually cut out of the movie. But in Galaxy Quest, starring Tim Allen, there's a scene on the planet where rock monsters attack Tim Allen, which they say came from the idea of William Shatner doing rock monsters in Star Trek V. But it all goes back to what I think is the original movie to have monsters, rock monsters attack you. Missile to the moon. So we get from a B movie to a, uh, to a, an A movie to a Star Trek movie right in the middle. Follow the line, folks. Follow the line. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. And we're back. We cut to Dan Aykroyd. He's doing a segment on the brain. Dan Aykroyd states that the brain is the largest organ, which is incorrect. The largest organ is the skin. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Dan, the brain is incorrect. That's going to cost you $2,000. He plays a crazy doctor in this one. This is Dan Aykroyd's third character in uh, three host segment sets. So he is showing his capability as characters. There was a subtle joke in here. It's uh, Dan Aykroyd says he likes to eat brains and he goes to this deli counter and he says, I like my brains right from the counter. And you look down and there's a sign that says genius and stupid. I thought that was a nice sight gag. Gotta look for it. Normal and Abby normal brain. We cut to Cheech and Chong. They do a section about getting high. And they talk about all those marijuana propaganda movies where people were making movies and they had no idea what they were talking about. And Cheech and Chong are really, really, really enjoying this segment of the movie because they know how stupid it is. I don't smoke pot. I have friends that smoke pot. And they just, in none of those movies, they got it right. And it was just, it's just ridiculous to watch nowadays. But this segment... They were just ripping on these movies that had no idea what they were talking about. And looking at them today, it's just ridiculous. And my favorite line, oh, uh, I always thought this was from the movie Reefer Madness, but it's from the movie Marijuana, where a doctor goes, most teenagers won't say, hey, let's smoke a marijuana cigarette. They'll say something like, let's turn on or let's blast a joint. For some reason, I had that... I had that saying, blast a joint, in my head for years and years and years, and I could not find it in Reefer Madness. But it wasn't from Reefer Madness. It was from the movie Marijuana. That should have been a tangent alert. No, I missed my tangent. All right, we'll just go on. Now, while they're smoking, while Cheech and Chong are smoking a joint in the movie theater during their host segment, Cheech drops the joint, Chong reaches down to pick it up, and... He comes up with a real rat on his chest. A real rat. <laughs> uh, which, you know, hey, kudos to Tommy Chong. He had a real rat on his chest. And he looked, he looked scared, and, uh, but he did it. Then we cut to uh, Gilda Radner, where she's doing her little girl uh, Saturday Night Live character. And she's talking about monsters. Her segment is about monsters. And she, goes, she does her, her segment in her room as a little girl the character she perfected on Saturday Night Live. This is the only character out of all the characters done that I have seen somewhere before. All the other characters in this movie, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Dan Aykroyd's news character is Dan Diamond news character. That's just a generic character. But this is an established character that Gilda Radner did in her stage show and on Saturday Night Live that's ended up in this movie. Her segment is Monsters, and she talks about the monsters and her monster segment starts off with two, two, two sci-fi classics. The Blob and the Fly. And in there is the Creature of the Black Lagoon. So in this monster segment, this has the most competent movies in one segment. The Fly, the Blob, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. There's, all, you know, there's also, they show garbage monster movies in there, but this segment has three really high-profile, high-quality science fiction movies that have uh, meant something uh, to society throughout the years. This is the closest to Mystery Science Theater out of all the segments. She's riffing from start to finish. She's riffing on all the movies. This made me think of Mystery Science Theater more than any other segment in the movie. 
And that's the end. We end it. This is a short movie. This is going to be a short podcast because, as I said, I'm just concentrating on the, um, you know, on the host segments of this movie. The movie ends. Uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy, they pull up in the motorcycle from the Ed Wood segment. They're still dressed as women. They ignore Gilda Radner. Cheech and Chong pull up in their ice cream truck, which is in their movie Nice Dreams, pick up Gilda Radner, drive off. That's the end of the movie. We see the end of the clips. They tell us about all the movies that are in this movie. The credit scene is very, very long because they name every movie that they riffed on or every movie that they showed in this. And that is It Came From Hollywood. What did I think of the movie? I thought the movie could have used more riffing. The movie could have used more riffing over the, over the segments where they were showing the old movies. There was, the, what they had was good. They needed more of that. They needed you know, more of John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Cheech and Chong, Gilda Rather. They need more of that over the movie. That would have made the movie more entertaining. They needed Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner to maybe bump up their, um, their voiceover because it sounded like they didn't want to do it. I don't know if they did or not, but it sounded like they didn't want to do it. John Candy and Cheech and Chong sounded like they were having a good time doing it, but Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner did not. Maybe this was an afterthought or whatever. It's nice to see all the old movies. When you see, if, you're, if you watch this movie and you're a Mystery Science Theater fan, I keep bringing back Mystery Science Theater, but it's just really, these two things go hand in hand. You see all the movies that they've riffed on from the first season to basically last season, 2000, uh, 2018 on Netflix. You, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. That was Mike. That was Joel. That was Jonah. Um... You get that. So this, that is an added bonus of watching this movie if you're a Mystery Science Theater fan. And as for Dan Aykroyd's performance, Dan Aykroyd is the most versatile in his host appearances. His changes from one to another to another to another. He's always doing a different character in all of his host segments. And he nails them all. Um, no problem with that. And uh, that is uh, the end. That is the end of this Dan Aykroyd podcast. It's uh, not as long as uh, the other ones because, as I said, just the host segments, that's what I did. Um, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com backslash Scott White. You can visit my website, scottyblanco.com. Check out where I'm going to be doing my stand-up. And... Um, you can support me right here on this, uh, right here on uh, on Anchor. If you want to, you know, hear a particular movie, a particular Dan Aykroyd podcast, a particular Dan Aykroyd project, let me know, and I will definitely do it. I'm I am here for you guys. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm here to entertain you, and I hope that you're finding these um, podcasts entertaining. If you're not, let me know why. If you are, let me know why. I love to hear from each and every one of you. So uh, this is me, this is Scott White, signing off for the Dan Aykroyd Podcast up here in the Great White North, and I will talk to you later.